0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/recommend today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved
2: birds.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to go Birds uh, numero dos. The, uh, I was going to, oh, Vince, I was going to say the electric boogaloo, and now I totally screwed that up. Well, nice work, Jeff. I screwed it up. So uh, we will do the reset, uh, which means, again, it's fun because now we get to go through the Jersey number episodes again. Ah. So hello, David Akers. Hello, right? David. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, so there is uh, obviously a lot to get into because it's our first episode. It's the first preview show of the season. That means football is back. Vince, have you noticed this, though? Like, this is, normally there's so much anticipation. This is the first uh, victory of the spoils preseason that we've all been a part of. And it's not that nobody cares. It's just kind of like, yeah, we'll just see what happens here. We know who the starting quarterback is. We know every starting spot and where it's going to go. And we're literally, for the first time ever, going to debate the fourth and fifth running backs on this team.
2: Yeah, usually there's a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen in these first games because you're riding so much on this draft pick because y- you need that first-round pick to really contribute big time. And we're always we're always fussing so much, but you don't even have the first-round pick this year. And you do have the Super Bowl win. So it is easy to sit back and say, you know, I'm not as worried. But I think once those pads are on and they are playing games, that anxiety is going to come right on back. A lot of Nate Sudfeld, a lot of, a lot of oh <laughs> Joe God. Callahan is... Uh, yeah.
0: Nick Foles today said he was dealing with just muscle spasms in his neck and uh, for everybody not to freak out. And hopefully we aren't at this point. But I got to say, just being down there one more time, a huge mistake wearing white shoes. As always, because it was really hot today, and you're trying to stay light. However, when the mango read is waterized, which is delicious, by the mango way. Mango anything is delicious. And that's the really the only thing that you should get out of there. I've heard the blue <laughs> raspberry is fantastic, but uh, when that shit melts and then gets all over your shoes... Which is what is happening right now, and it uh. just looks like this yellow abyss of like, oh, this guy doesn't keep his shoes clean at all. So, um, I you know, practice today cost me shoes. Hopefully, I can rub that out. Any suggestions, by the way? Or I'm willing yes. to hear anything to get uh, mango out of white shoes. Don't buy white shoes, you well, idiot. You have don't. to sometimes. No, you don't. You have to. No, this, you don't. This is a no, man with no fashion sense over Gray. here. Gray, gray shoes. Gray, gray, gray. Is that how it goes? Gray. All right. Because I tried the, the darker shoes with, you know, like khaki shorts and... Uh, I just look at uh, ended up like a Jim Harbaugh, and I don't like that. No, no, no. Uh, you, so.
2: you do gray, you do brown, you do black.
0: You never do white. Well, never. if there's anyone out there that knows how to get mango out of white shoes, <laughs> and I will never <laughs> wear white shoes again after this season. Yep. uh We will uh, definitely take your thoughts at Go Birds Pod at John Bartrand at It's Vince Quinn. So uh, besides all that, at practice. Uh, Dallas got it, man. That's why one he's he's one of the obvious ones that we'll all be watching. Yes, I mean, here, there's a couple of things with this. One, he made he victimized Jalen Mills in the red zone again, uh, not again for Jalen Mills, but just he's been so consistently good catching touchdowns. Uh, the second thing I noticed today, Carson Wentz. And is he wants to get out there so badly, and you can tell by every single throw and every small opportunity that he has on seven on sevens, he is Brett Favre whipping it in there, like <laughs> to a point where I, at some point, somebody's going to break a finger. Like it's that quick and it's that fast, and it's in tight windows. And despite the constant questions, and we told you this, we told you this weeks ago that the tired part of this was always going to be asking about Wentz's health. I'm exhausted yeah. at this point, by the way. But Dallas Goddard to me is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, despite it might being you know Nate or Joe throwing to him. Um,
2: He's something that I'm really am excited to see uh, on Thursday night. Well how can you not be? Because when you got a guy that's that kind of size, he's what, like six six? I mean he's a he's a, Somewhere a, around. He's there, a big six yeah. five, like he's a big guy, and there's just something that's captivating and compelling in itself when you see somebody that's that big and graceful at the same time, so to have that kind of ability. But then you look at the matchup problems that it's gonna cause, and when you've got Goddard and Ertz on the field at the same time. It's a I, nightmare. Yeah, what kind of package do you put out? And for the Eagles when you've got all of these guys, uh, all these abilities out there, different skill sets, it's just going to be so hard to defend, run, past, you're never going to know, read option, Wentz can run, Like you can do anything, literally anything, out of those two tight end formations, and it's just going to be incredibly fun to watch.
0: And the offense itself, and I mentioned it on the Beast, which you can catch, is in the feed right now. We went through the uh, the NFC East with <laughs> Dak Prescott not being able to throw a touchdown <laughs> in, in training camp yet, which is, which is really great. Isn't that the best? I, I just can't believe that. Uh, but also just this offense is getting more and more collegey by the minute. And that's what I I w I'm I'm excited to see that as a whole. Like, are they going to, you know, keep it vanilla? And they probably will. But look in the third and fourth quarter when they're just go, let's just see how this looks. Let's just run jet motion with Dallas Goddard. Or let's uh you know, I I don't there is there are so many different college looks that I've seen, even with their, when they run 12 personnel, it's 12 personnel, but it's it's Doug Peterson's style where you'll have Zach Ertz out wide along with Darren Sproles out wide, and then Dallas Goddard's in line, and then Mike Wallace is in the slot, and you're going, oh shit, that who how what's going on what's gonna happen after that so I'm I'm excited for Doug year three and that's the thing that we forget about too is just the the launch in you know unfortunately we don't get to see Carson in year three but Doug in year three in his playbook there's still a lot going on and flipping through there I think more than any other player or anything that's what I'm excited for and of course offense is always sexy
2: well, yeah, everybody loves offense, but the the flexibility and, and the talent is just so... It's so deep, too. That's why when you're talking about the first preseason game, how when's the last time, if ever, that you've been so excited to see the seventh wide receiver... <laughs> Or I mean, really, yeah, like yeah. you know what? Because it, it's weird. I'm geeking out over Kamar Aiken. I know he's not generating a lot of headlines. Geek, whoa, whoa, whoa! I know, geeking I know. out yeah, about Kamar g- Aiken. Yeah, everybody's got to have their pets, right? Yikes. This, is, this, this is the one guy that, for whatever reason, I fell in love with him in Baltimore. I, mean, I love Sam Bradford,
0: so I, 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 don't, I don't, oh, oh, there, right
2: uh, okay, yeah, know, now, so. we, okay, yeah, so uh, cram it now, um, Kamar Aiken. So like, I, I liked what he did in Baltimore. I'm excited to see him play. Matt Jones, I liked what he did in spurts in Washington. I'm really excited to see him play. And it's so uncharacteristic to have guys that you know by name and want to see and very well might not make the team. It's, it's just so cool to have that kind of quality of player out there in the very first preseason game getting extended snaps. And uh, we'll talk to John uh, Ledyard from the draftnetwork.com, and he's a
0: big Steelers guy. And the thing that resonated with me during our conversation this afternoon was it's like, yeah, the Steelers have a lot of uh, they just they just come out there. They're usually 0 12 in the preseason because they just rest all their starters because they know who they're going to gonna be. And I go, oh, wow, the Eagles are that way, too. Now, <laughs> like preseason is getting to just like Vince was saying. I want to see who the fifth wide receiver on the team is going to be. And it's battling out. And you notice that in camp right now. Uh, I, I will say that I'm I'm right there. I don't know if I'm on the Aiken train Get on the Aiken train, baby. But if he's getting thrown in there, I don't think Mike Wallace is going to go. Uh, he's been dealing with tendinitis. He walked off uh, during the, uh, the open practice at the link. Um, I don't think that... Uh, who else? Oh, yeah. Nelson Aguilar wasn't out there uh, today. Um, if anything, it's going to be very limited. But between Wheaton and Gibson and Greg Ward Jr., Rashad Davis, who made an amazing catch and not only uh, got in bounds with two feet as he's doing it, but avoided the crowd at the same time. So I think that's worth something. That's bonus points. But you're right. And him and Aiken, like. They have created such an environment to be like, this is a job that you might play 35 snaps this year. You better kill yourself if you want to be a part of it. Because we all just assumed coming into the season, this is Mac Collins' job. This is, you know, whatever. Uh, And although he... That's what's strange about this, too. Mac Collins hasn't been, you know, killing it, and he hasn't been stinking. He's just been doing his job and relatively quiet in terms of things to write about. So uh, I'm I, I'm like very excited to see the wide receiver group as a whole.
2: Well, yeah, and one of the benefits of this is it's the prestige factors. Now that you've won a Super Bowl, people want to play here. They want to play for Doug Peterson. They like the environment. Then Think about this at the open practice. Jason Peters said that Howie Roseman is a player's GM. Like, that's, <laughs> Who would have who known? I, I, I didn't even know the phrase existed. To be honest with you, like that's the first time <laughs> I I've,
0: thought they're all players. Well, I, I guess no. the old regime was I'm, I'm never going to talk to you so I can be, emo- you know, make better decisions. There's no emotion involved.
2: Well, there was certainly that. But, you know, guys get cut all the time. It's just it was so interesting to see that. So to have that reputation with your general manager, to have that reputation with your coach and obviously the success of the team, like people want to be here and they will kill themselves for that fifth job because it's good to have it on your resume. I was reading an article the other day. It was on the Ringer about the 08 Lions. Did you hear that, James? Sorry, you just—you know—I feel—I
0: feel like he gets anytime you mention Bill Simmons, his radar goes up.
2: Oh so. uh, yeah, well, I, I'm just here to upset James. That's—that's <laughs> that's the only reason I'm a part of this whole thing. So, like, I, I'm reading that. And it was great because they mentioned all these guys on the 08 Lions. What happens after that season's over is most of the team doesn't play again. Like, that's it. Their career was over because they were tainted by being on such a bad squad. But you get that opposite effect is when you come off being a Super Bowl champion or a team that is for the Eagles, who knows, maybe they repeat this year. Like, that kind of energy and that kind of reputation to have on your resume is a really good thing. And the the Eagles are going to continue to see the benefits of that.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And uh, as uh, I, I think we. I, and now I have said before in the past that it doesn't really matter who's playing will linebacker. Uh, Wrong, and it's I'm I'm still holding on to that because again, just to unravel and and obviously I'm going to get to Cindy Jones in a second because he's he he determines whether uh, at, at least as of right now there is a will linebacker on the field. But I, you know, Kamu's been killing it, and I. Probably underrated his coverage skills because he's made some pretty good plays in the times I've been down there at camp. And certainly everybody saw his fancy interception during the the, uh, open practice here. But in your mind, whose job is it to lose right now, Vince.
2: Well, right now, yeah, it looks like it's Camu. Everything you hear is that he does look great. He's getting a lot of the first team reps and how funny is it that Corey Nelson, the guy who was signed here and said, hey, I'm going to get that spot at the Will or at least I'm in the running for it and that's why you Wamp. think Kendricks gets cut. Like, yeah, he's not in that conversation really. So, it's one, it's great because you've got three guys that are actually competing for the job and have a reasonable chance to get it. So, I, I like having that kind of competition. Plus, the other thing is, and here's why I think Will is important because I know what you're going to say, Snap counts, right? It's, it's not that important. They don't play enough snaps. So I, I, I understand that. But the problem is you have Jordan Hicks at middle linebacker. And so whoever wins that job is going to have the potential to be a starting linebacker very quickly. So it's not even just who's the starter at will, but it's going to be who's that guy that earns the backup job because they could very easily be a starter in no time. You just I, I don't trust Hicks at all. Uh,
0: I think you're going to change your mind on that. I think a lot of people are going to change their minds on that too. And you can always say just the same with snap counts. You can say the same thing Health, health, health with Jordan Hicks. It's all valid. All that is valid. Uh, Jordan Hicks has had a phenomenal summer. I hope we get to see a little bit of him because I think we forget as a fan base how good he really is. There was at one point a year ago when he's fully healthy playing 16 games and saying he is the most important part of the defense and how quickly that kind of disappeared. And I got to say, he will be once again – we don't know what's
2: happening with Timmy Jernigan. <laughs> uh, I know uh, that's so bad. The fact you don't hear anything about him either, it's bad, dude. I, I don't expect him back. I mean, really, ever. I, I, I don't I, expect him to play again. I'm gonna make a prediction. Oh yes. I
0: don't think Timmy Jernigan plays football this year at all. Yeah. I'm gonna make another prediction. I don't think Timmy Jernigan plays on the Eagles after this year. And I hope that's. I hope I'm wrong on the prediction. It just sounds really bad. Uh, But that's why it's not only important for Jordan Hicks, as you're saying, to stay healthy and have a guy like Kamu, because I don't think it's going to be Nate Gary. that can. That's way too much responsibility now for a guy that went from safety. And and granted, you know, Jim Schwartz has said throughout camp that he's converted into a linebacker pretty handily and he understands that. But Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a little much for him to be there. I think Kamu is... A great fill in for Jordan Hicks when it needs to be. So I agree with you there. It is still a little, a little bit important. But if Jordan Hicks stays healthy, it is not as important and it helps. Destiny Vial or whoever is going or Haloti I'm not sure how that rotation's going.
2: That I have a massive question about that because, like we were just saying, Jernigan. If you don't believe he's going to play football again, and when a guy signs a four-year guaranteed contract and two months, two months later, you know, three months later, Mm. the whole thing's obliterated. Like, there's no way that I have any confidence in Jernigan. Clearly, the Eagles don't, and Jernigan doesn't have confidence in himself because he's going to backpedal like to coach. Yeah. So, like, when it's that bad, now you're looking at Destiny Vial and you. you're looking at a 34-year-old Haloti Nada and you got to say these guys are going to be holding the middle? I mean, they, they love to rotate the defensive lines, but if Elijah Qualls is a guy that's going to be getting oh, a couple yeah. of snaps in a big game against the Rams in week 14, like, and God forbid, via or Nada gets injured. I mean, it's like, you know, and, and on top and of that... And it's funny,
0: to, and I'll let you finish. Yeah. It is funny that it's just one... We're talking about one defensive tackle. You know, and that's... that's to me... I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but there is a major impact there. But at the same time, it is just one defensive tackle. I know we're so spoiled, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> and there's and the pass rushers are still there. Yeah, That's what I'll say. It's not. It's not. A, and it's uh, do we have have we turned Timmy Jernigan into like this major player? Because I feel like a lot of the fan base has, and not that he wasn't. He was really good in the beginning of the season. I don't know if it was there at the end of it, is all I'm saying. I don't think it's as hard to fill the role, but it's still a major factor. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah,
2: sorry. no, he's he's a guy that can be a sto- – well, not anymore probably, but used yeah. to be. He could have been the starting number one defensive tackle on a team, and, and you wouldn't really bat an eye at it. But the, the thing is now, too, the other thing that we're looking at is is Michael Bennett. Because he's got the whole legal situation, and you'd figure, well, yeah, he's going to slot in and play defensive tackle, sure. But if he's not getting charged with a felony, I mean, he he might have pushed an Still old out there. he might have pushed an old lady in a wheelchair, like that's. I man, I don't think he did. It, but. I don't. I don't know if he did. I have no idea. But it, like, he might have. And the fact that that's lingering over all of this <laughs> stuff, it's just like you. you can, it's it's just so frustrating to be like, man, you're you're looking at all this, and there's just a clear weak point where those those two things that Hicks. Injury and that defensive tackle spot, line up right in front of each other, and uh, it's it's definitely a concern. I think that's why it is important to see Elijah
0: Qualls steps yes. up, and, and I, he's in there. I know because Chris Wilson chews his ass out. They want him to be good, and they that has continued on for two seasons now. Plus, he's like an amazing dude. So we we you always kind of root for those guys, and hopefully they end up being really great players too. Uh, yeah, it is just. This is why I think they they more attacked getting those pass rushers. And you brought up, you know, Michael Bennett. That's why, you know, I think they knew that Timmy was going to be out for a a very long time. And they go, okay, well, get me Bennett. And just like you're saying, we can put him at D tackle for a a, a while and we can rotate him and not in there. And I'm okay with that because this is if okay. let's. He doesn't push the old lady in the chair. Everything's good. (laughs) We're we're past all that stuff and the court date is settled and whatever. Yeah. If that is the case, then we have to adjust our thinking a little bit because we're thinking Michael Bennett is situational pass rusher now with Brandon Graham and what a great treat that is to he's probably going to play the same amount of snaps and they're probably going to be in the NASCAR package a lot more than we think.
2: Yeah, which is which is great. I mean, the the top potential line if you have Brandon Graham and Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox and whether it's Barnett or Chris Long out there, like that's a dominant, high quality defensive line. I mean, it's, so many teams would kill themselves to have that. And then, oh by the way, you would have either Barnett or Long on the bench, and who knows what's going to happen with Stephen Means, who apparently looks really good, and so always does. Yeah, so <laughs> always does. Yeah. So you got all this depth too, and Josh Sweat, which is. Yeah. which is a big
0: one to watch for, you know.
2: That's, that's going to be fun as well. So, yeah, having all of that flexibility is great, and it could be a situation where they're able to cover the holes, but, man, you just never know. Single injury, two injuries, and, and things can go bad quickly.
0: Well, we certainly uh, want to know uh, a lot more of what you guys are looking forward to on Thursday night. So, again, at... It, it, <laughs> you got this. I screwed that, poach. You got this. At It's Vince Quinn, Yay! is what I meant to say. At John Barchard and at go Birds Pod because... Uh, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton to look at. and uh, what um, we're gonna start doing uh, for the previous shows is because our good friend Stephen Lee, all the way down there in West Palm Beach, Florida, who has uh, been with us since pretty much day one, We want to get him involved. So right now it's time for Stephen Lee's keys. Stephen
3: Lee's keys. I'm Stephen Lee for the Go Birds podcast and here are my three keys to the game. Matt Pryor's development. After the dust settled on the draft, the last person anyone expected to make an immediate impact was Matt Pryor, the six round tackle from TCU. By all accounts, though, Pryor has put forth a dominant and consistent performance all offseason. Much like his former TCU teammate, Halapulavati Vaitai, it looks as if Pryor might have a long term role on this team after all. That's why it's extremely important that Pryor take what he's shown all throughout OTAs and training camp and put that on display for the world to see on Thursday. He's sure to see plenty of playing time, so keep your eyes on Matt Pryor and how. How he fares while the bullets are flying. Yeah,
2: no, no doubt about that. Great point by Steven. When you're looking at this thing, Matt Pryor is a big deal because look at the backup offensive lineman, right? Sure, Big V is the swing tackle, and he's totally fine in that role, and, that, and that's great. But. Isaac Sayamalu, what's what's your confidence level? Zero. Yeah, so exactly. And that's <laughs> yeah. how I feel. I, I have no confidence in the guy, and so that's a big issue. Having Wiz take some snaps at center, I think, is pretty significant. Of, of course, yeah. And, 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 so, and it, it's
0: valid, it makes sense. He's played there is most of his career. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I would I would figure the Eagles are preparing that in the event that there is an injury to Kelsey, then maybe Wiz is the guy that slides over, and Pryor could step in at guard if they have to, or, or at right now, because Wormack is not flexible, then you... You've got a guy like Pryor who is a little bit more flexible, so uh, I like Pryor and just the idea of having another long-term uh, backup offensive lineman is a good thing to have. A lot of these guys are a little bit older. Wiz is is a little bit older. Kelsey's over thirty. Peters, my God, you know, so it's <laughs> he's it's, ancient at this point. Yeah. yeah, so it's good to have a guy like Pryor. I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, it's a big game for him. Oh, well, the next couple of weeks, but it really is just
0: a kind of a, a tone setter for it. I mean, he has been working with second team offense. Um, I think people were a little surprised on how good and how well he fit in. But again, uh, when you have media access in there, sometimes that's not full pads. But you know the the two the two times where they did go full pads, I see it like he fit really comfortably in there. And you're right, it's a uh, uh, they, that is it, between that and like Taylor Hart, I'm so intrigued by for the with the Taylor second team Hart, offensive line, wow, yeah, hanging in there, getting it done, um, and yeah, this is just goes on and adds to the depth of uh, just like you're saying there, uh, and that's probably going to be a focus, you know, in 2019, uh, 18, uh, or yeah, 2019 draft as it goes along. You can keep uh, building this, so hitting on a couple of these guys would be very significant for them. All right, Stephen Lee, what's the next key?
3: cornerback consistency. The big story with respect to the cornerback position on this team has been the health and progress of Sidney Jones. While many penciled him in as a legitimate starter on the outside, and understandably so, the buzz as of late has been how stifling and polished Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby have looked. Many have suggested trading Darby now, if you don't plan on paying him after this season, but it might not be the wisest decision when looking back at how thin this position was for the majority of the decade. You're not going to see much of Darby and Mills in the first preseason game of the year, but consider who they'll likely be lining up against Against an Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, among others. This small glimpse could be a sign of things to come for the regular season. 100% agree. Only thing is, uh, AB's already been ruled out. So, <laughs>
0: they, like most of the guys, are, Big Ben's out. Uh, Antonio Brown is out. Uh, Juju Smith should be in there for maybe a series or two. Uh, but they do have some interesting depth. I mean, it's DHB who just runs fast <laughs> and doesn't catch things. But you can at least, you know, uh, judge on, on the parameters of that. I 100% agree, and even to a point where I don't think you should get rid of any of these guys. It's so silly. You want Darby, Mills, and Sidney Jones on the field any way you can get them. Any way you can get them. I know that Sidney's destined for the outside. That's why they drafted him there. But just in case that you can have, I mean, I know it would be, what, end up being like 48% or 49% of the time that they're a nickel, and you don't want to waste Sidney Jones on that, but... Uh I mean, he's looked so good in the nickel spot. I want to see it in live action with stuff that's not in a controlled environment. I don't know how you feel about this, Vince, but I, I want them to reassign Darby. I want them to, you know, keep it rolling with Jalen Mills. Put them all th- all three of them out on the field, and it you're gonna have an incredibly strong secondary, which is something you weren't able to say two years ago.
2: Yeah, trading Darby is something that it sounds interesting, but in practice is dumb. Don't do it. Uh, you you just have no need to do it. He's a starting caliber corner for this year. When you're on, you're trying to repeat. You're you're, you're one of the top two or He's three He's so favorites. young, you can pay him. Yeah, yeah, you could pay him if you want. And here's the other thing, too. I don't know why it's suddenly become this thing that somebody's on a contract year and we need to trade him. This is football. Guys leave on contract years all the time. Free agency is always all these big young names that hit the market. So it's not like it's unordinary. It's not like in baseball, you know, God forbid Bryce Harper hits the open market. and You don't (laughs) sign him. Like this is a very common occurrence. And and for the Eagles, you have no reason. You have no pressure. If Sidney Jones looks great, then that's great. But he can take over that job next year. And oh, by the way, and and this has been a good thing so far, there haven't been injuries, but there always can be injuries. And so depth, corner is one of the top three or four most positions, important positions in the league, right? right? One hundred percent. So when you're considering all the all the flags and things, you need great corners because you can't be giving up these fifty yard pass interferences all the time. You can't be getting burned by all these talented wide receivers that are out there in these passing offenses. So keep your corners. Let them continue to grow. Let Darby was injured for some of last year. You know he missed a large chunk of it. The worst start to the season ever. You're
0: in camp extremely late. You're trying to learn the playbook. Oh, all of a sudden, your ankles get dislocated. We'll see you in week nine. And played pretty well, I would say, throughout the rest of the season. Had some blimps, yeah, and didn't... Nobody played great in the Super Bowl, really. Yeah, the defense was
1: terrible.
2: But outside of that, he did play... Pretty well, yes. you know. I, again, he's a really good corner. Give him that time in the second year. And the other thing is, like, I love Rasul Douglas, but it, I just I don't well, trust don't him. You do it. I don't trust him as a starter yet. You not know. Neither do I. Yeah, do I, but so, I love him to death. Yeah. yeah so I, I like that. And and here's the other thing too. It is nice to have depth because uh, one of the guys that that you had mentioned before the show was Avante Maddox. Definitely. And and. He's more or less a forgotten man right now. Have you heard? I like just reading through things. I haven't been in practice, and obviously you have been. I don't hear much about Avante Maddox. I oh, I hear his name all the time. I hear uh, Corey Unland
0: screaming at him <laughs> every five seconds. Let him down every, every opportunity. Avante, where are you supposed to be? You know, and there's a lot more cursing that is going involved. Yeah, it's a family show, but listen, it is. Uh, it's a rookie, and he's doing rookie type things. And again, it's still trying to get his feet wet throughout it. Devontae Bosby has overshadowed everybody. And then Sidney Jones gets on the field and you're going, oh, crap, man. Uh, you drafted me, but you've got a guy that has been on the practice squad and was on the scout team last year who's outplaying me. And now you have a second-round pick in 2017 who's already outplaying me. And that's really tough. That and, and you're trying to learn the scheme and how to be an NFL player, and you're a little out of sorts, too. So, uh, I have a my working theory is, and I hope I'm right. He's a bad practice player because when you you know, and it's just normal rookie stuff too. But I think he's a more when the lights are on, he plays better type of guy. Uh, I think Trey Sullivan is a little bit of the same way too, and that's definitely on my list on yeah. guys. So I'm going to uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on that hill in a moment. Um, but I am really interested to see where Avante is at because. As we keep talking about DBs and all of this, uh, even the depth at nickel corner is kind of a cool thing to have as well. You know, you've got a ton of guys that can play outside. you got guys that can fill in, and Malcolm can fill in in some, some respects to that. Um, to have three guys that can play the nickel is... Everybody wants that in this league. <laughs> if City third. can play in and outside, and then you have two other guys that can
2: specifically play that role, it's phenomenal. Yeah, why, why bust everything up arbitrarily and yeah. put pressure on these guys? Because they are... Uh, Devontae Bosby, hey, he looks great. Uh, I Let's can't, see the game. Yeah, yeah. we got to see it. So so just to be like, yeah, let's get Ronald Darby and trade him. It just... Uh, I, it bothers me, frankly. Yeah, it, uh, it
0: bothers me a little bit, too. Uh, and uh, let's go to uh, Stephen Lee's third key of uh, tonight. Or not tonight's. I want it to be tonight. Thursday Soon. night's game. Yeah.
3: Running back depth. The emergence of former UDFA Corey Clement and consistent play of Jay Ajayi down the stretch have made Darren Sproles the forgotten running back in Philadelphia. Crazy to think, right? I guess that's what winning a Super Bowl with an imposing run game will do. Beyond Sproles, though, it's important to monitor that fourth running back position as the Eagles will likely carry four heading into the regular season. Truth is, there is no clear-cut favorite right now. Donnell Pumphrey almost single-handedly lost his position on the team last preseason, so keep an eye on whether or not he shows any sign of real improvement. Wendell Smallwood is another interesting name in this crowded position group. He's heading into his third year under Deuce Staley, but health and reliability and blocking are still serious concerns. It's important that one of these backs step up to the plate and give the Eagles confidence in their decision making come roster trimming time in late August and early September. Picking horses for the running back competition? Uh, I'm, I'm a Matt Jones guy. And I, I,
2: I, hey, if he loses the job to somebody, that's great because it means somebody was better than him. But his potential, man—he's—he reminds me a little bit of a guy. He's got uh, not top-end speed, but enough speed where he can get around the edge. He's shown some power. He can do it. He gets a little bit of wiggle on the inside. Uh, Matt Jones is just so much fun to watch, and and he was great in short bursts in Washington. So I, I want to see Matt Jones big time. That's the guy I'm super invested in. And then Smallwood, we've already seen. I think we know what he is. And and let's be real. I think if Smallwood wins the job, uh, as much as he's acceptable, I I think it's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and it's nothing against Wendell
0: because he works his tail off, and you know you can see it uh, day in and day out. But um, yeah, uh, between the, the these four particular guys, and you go, ah, Wendell. Huh? It's it's kind of how I felt about. Oh, really? You're going to resign Kenyon Barner, huh? Yeah. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, Kenyon was effective, and he was he was really good in his role, and. Obviously, uh, had a lot of fun during that Dallas game too. Uh, I would uh, I would agree with you, and it's so funny that during OTAs you start to hear things. And the the line I heard was Matt Jones, look out! And I was like, really? Okay, let's go see it. And then, and it's been relatively quiet, and then it got dinged up uh, last week, so wasn't able to get out there. The one surprising thing that I did see, and I think it was do or die time, honestly, for Josh Adams. I still think he's d- dealing. With post-surgery or a lingering thing, and it was just like, hey, yeah, I'm at 84% or whatever, but I got to get out there. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just going to get cut and no, I'm not going to have any tape and et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of see that urgency moving along, too. So uh, as, as much as I still think he's on the outside looking in, this will constantly be a tag every single week. And it'll go preseason game by preseason game of Donnell's my guy. Look, at, I told you he was there. He's splitting out wide. He's catching passing. Oh, look, there's Matt Jones. I told you Matt Jones is going to be the guy. You know, um, but I agree with you. I, I, Man, if you if you ask me right now, I, I don't have a good answer for you. I really don't. Uh, and hopefully we have a little more clarity after this Pittsburgh game of who is going to be, you know, kind of towards the side there. Um, I know that everybody's been focusing on Donnell Pumphrey, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. He looks better than he did last year, which is an extremely low floor. You're going like, yeah, I mean, you were barely out there. Uh, He's a he's a way more comfortable. You can see him fight through tackles in between the tackles. It's not just like he's running to the outside. Still not there for me yet. And. I I I'm, I listen. I'm good at at uh, at mushing the whole thing because I didn't think Corey Clement was going to make this team, and I was saying you're going to need to go trade for, go see what the San Francisco wants to do with Carlos Hyde because I think that'd be an interesting combination. Um, I again though I'm okay with the three headed monster. I don't know. I don't mind if if none of these guys make the team. Roll in. Keep an extra wide receiver. Keep an extra DB. Keep an extra defensive tackle and give me Sproles, Ajayi, and Corey Clement because that's fun.
2: Yeah, if they end up with three running backs, that's fine. And and part of the best thing about it is the way that the Eagles could get there. Because if these guys show up a little bit, hey, we're in a committee running back league now. So for teams, if they see a guy like Matt well, Jones, I'm, I'm, it's not you don't get much. I'm not, I'm not expecting to get much, but we've seen it with Howie Roseman all the time. He deals guys like Dennis Kelly, and you got Doriel Green Beckham, yeah. you know? Oh, no, not on the trades. On, the, on you saying it's a... It's, uh it's a you know running back by
0: committee league now.
2: Uh, more or less, there's a few. There's a few in the past that's couple. Fifty-fifty. Like well, would say. you know what it is. It, it part of it is always going to be based on the quality of talent that's available. You right. know, it's yeah. just it's been a good young crop of running backs over the past two three years that have popped up. So it, it has eliminated that a little bit. But getting back to your point, though, yeah, who do you think? Who, what do you think they want? That's that's what I can't figure out. What, you
0: know? We, we know where the depth is. What do you think they want in return?
2: Well, I, I would figure in this case, you know, before I just mentioned Dennis Kelly being shipped out, you want that kind of guy to come in. You might be looking at interior help, whether it's a center or a guard or a guy that can play both. That would be great. You're also looking at defensive tackle, like we've talked about. If you can get competition there and add somebody to to be a, another push for Elijah Qualls, you know, like whatever it's got to take. I, I think those are the main spots that you have to look at and say that's where the Eagles could use improvement. And it, so many teams are looking for wide receivers. So many teams are going to be looking for running backs. And, and maybe you can scrape somebody up.
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, that's I think that's a pretty good point. And I am trying to think of anything that would be semi surprising outside of that. And I, I just don't think there would be <laughs>
1: got,
0: punter. Oh, hey! What if they trade? Actually, that's that's
2: not a, the worst thing I've ever. <laughs> Somebody's <heard. laughs> got a couple of punters in camp, right? Like maybe they yeah. maybe they're just like you know what we could sign somebody, but maybe we'll just trade for a punter.
0: I don't. <laughs> and listen, I know that it's kind of silly, but you know, it's not it's not Cameron Johnson's job. It's not. No. Uh, I I will say I think people are reacting to what they are doing. Some people understand that. Uh, I think Kemski kind of breaks it down pretty nicely too. Um, there are there are there are things. It's like throwing c- curveballs in a in a preseason or a, a spring training, and like, why are you getting shelled? Oh my god, you're already up to there. It's like because I'm working on this one pitch. Yeah, so I think a lot of the time that's what's happening. But at the same time, he also hasn't been great either, and he is competing against every other punter, which there are billions of them uh, uh, everywhere. And I, it, the kicker punter is the weirdest. Uh, I, I wish somebody would do a documentary on I'm the kicker or I'm the punter. Yeah. And like the, the, what people have to go through because we've talked about them on the show for years. And we've had a couple of uh, John Straevsky, Shout out to you, buddy. I hope you're still chugging along like to, God almighty. I can't imagine what it's like. That is the there's no other odds that are, I think are stacked higher than trying to make the team as a kicker or trying to be a signed free agent as a kicker.
2: Yeah, because one of the problems with that too is the shelf life of those positions has always been long. Like quarterback, we're just now seeing guys hit 40 and it seems like it's going to be a new trend, but you've had 40-year-old kickers before. That's, yeah. that's never been a hesitation for anybody. So all of these guys just hang around forever and to get in is kind of hard. But once you're in, it's like, uh, you know how you ever go to a carnival and they've got those swings that are attached by uh, chains and they're like as the, oh, yeah, they're they're just... Yeah, Yeah. like, that's what the kickers are. They're just these chairs that are, are like, spinning out in the atmosphere. And every once in a while, somebody will pick one off and uh, and bring them in. But, (laughs) you know, it's just like... (laughs) <laughs> there's one uh, mom I got a kicker yeah yeah Man. oh it's uh, Martin Gramatica again oh, that's great he's
3: 50 oh my uh, god uh,
2: yeah why not oh, come on ACL's Martin. doing well you so look great it's, you, you know. little turtle so yeah like uh, it's a weird job like that and so for the Eagles you know uh, think about it they traded before to get Cody Parkey yeah and, uh, yeah,
0: that's right. And they, they, that, and they traded and to for go get Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott, too. So, so maybe they very well trade for a punter. Oh, I guess they didn't trade for him. They just signed him off to the practice. Oh, that's bar, that's, but,
2: that's right. That's right. Uh, but still, it's
0: the fifth-round pick. that this. Uh, to, I mean, thank God for Jake. I can't believe it. It's just what an incredible story from last year. But that's part of this, too. It's just like I don't um, – obviously, the players have wanted to move on for a very long time. I think I'm finally there, too. I don't think I want to talk about the Super Bowl unless no. this season ends up being really bad somehow, which I don't think it's going to. And uh, I'm looking ahead to it. Final thing before we get to John Ladyard, I have to tell you about Trey Sullivan. Uh, He has been one of my favorite players since OTAs, since camp. Uh, I think he's got a, an incredibly great head on his shoulders as well. Learns very quickly and it kind of shows now. Uh, obviously, we talked about it in The Beast of uh, Corey Graham signing here. They've talked every day. Um, you can, uh, which is kind of like the fun part about this too. Corey Graham is the, he just wanted to play here and that was it. And his wife was going to kill him if he decided to, to extend it for another year after this and all Is you know. Uh, but Trey Sullivan, I think he's going to make this team, and uh, I and, and rightfully so. The coverage skills do look a lot better, and of course we all remember what happened last preseason against Green Bay where he's just knocking the snot out of guys. If you can kind of implement both of those things, I think that becomes a, a great weapon. I know they probably just want to stick him at safety, but you could see, again, him playing that hybrid role sometimes. Like instead of Gary, maybe you stick Trey Sullivan in there for like 10 snaps to kind of do the same thing because of his physicalness. Um, I, I really want to see him cover well uh, in this first preseason game and again he'll have some pretty good, you know, you're Justin Hunters and things like that to, to maybe deal with here. I love Trey Sullivan Vince and uh, I hope you do too.
2: Well I do and, and Trey Sullivan I feel good about him and in part because this is a good thing that the Eagles have going on as an organization is they get guys that can stick around for a couple of years and develop into solid players. Guys that are on the practice squad. Trey Burton for example. Yeah. How many years was Trey Burton on the practice squad? Two or three? Uh, I think two. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was around for a little while. They were able to develop him and he became a solid player and they get other guys that are undrafted free agents and they'll just make the roster outright and they'll develop these raw and young guys. So Trey Sullivan one of those players, the fact that he stuck around a while I think tells you something. The Eagles genuinely like him. Obviously, the safety position is really important. That's why the Corey Graham signing is a big deal. Not a surprise, but a big deal. (laughs) And so they like having three safeties. I think it was something like he played like 60 snaps in the Super Bowl or something. He played a lot. And so if he goes down, Corey Graham goes down or McLeod goes down, you want to have another safety that can step in. So you have that flexibility to still run those three safety sets. It's in the same way that you know we're saying Will isn't as big of a position. Anymore? Why is that? Because nickel corner is a bigger position now, but also that third safety is a bigger position now. And so you go from having 11 starters to 14 starters. And Sullivan is one of those backups to the three safety spots that are part of the starting lineup. Yeah, it's crazy. how uh, And it's the other thing, too,
0: is I don't know if it's just me. Is football evolving rather quickly? Like there, you know, it used to I think people are in. Everybody's kind of mentioned it. Jeffrey Laurie mentioned in his, his press conference about just being more open. I think the NFL is more open to doing things from the college ranks where you can be creative and you can kind of tinker with it and see it. And then they go, oh, we can implement that here. Because you remember man, I, 1999-ish, 2000-ish, oh, the option will never work in the NFL. That's just something you can't do. Yeah. And now it's all over the place. And, and it looks completely different than the traditional, like, triple off- option offense. But if you had the athletes to do it and coaches actually did it, I think it might have worked at some point. You know, it's it's going so quickly. And that's kind of a, the part of this, too, is I love – the advancements and not only Eagles but everybody else is trying to play catch up as well
2: well yeah and part of it is shout out to Brian Dawkins in the Hall of Fame right he was a guy that showed versatility and raw athleticism and what that can do for a team it's just uh, it's not necessarily about a single role a safety is supposed to do this Brian Dawkins defied all that and that's why he was as so great as he was and it, we, we're seeing it in a similar way in the NBA right it's gotten to the point where what's a traditional center what's a, what's a four it's like it doesn't matter it's just five guys on the court that's right and if they work and they can shoot, then they're going to play. And and the NFL is very much evolving that way. Like, look at the Will Linebacker position, right? Camu was a safety. Uh, Nate Jerry, he was a safety. Malcolm Jenkins plays in that role a little bit. He actually is a safety and plays a lot of linebacker. Like, that kind of flexibility is something that teams are waking up to. Who are my best players? What's the best way that I can get them all out there? And how can we win? And we're seeing that with the Eagles big time. Oh, big time, big time, big time.
0: Uh, what we are also seeing is is uh, something great and brand new and i hope everybody goes and and checks it out because uh, the site looks phenomenal and if you are like me where you are so constantly busy covering your team in particular whether it's the eagles or whatever and you don't have a lot of time to kind of catch up on the college rankings of a lot of prospects draftnetwork.com or the draftnetwork.com excuse me it's the one and the only Mr. John LeDyard. John, what's going on, buddy?
4: Good. We got all the domains. So either one of those babies works. Oh, okay, either good. one of those puppies. <laughs> you are good. Your co- your bases are covered. <laughs>
0: TDN, t- t- that's all we need to know. So it's a yeah, uh, it's an inc- incredible site. Uh, trust me, if you are like me and you want to try and ke- keep up with all the college draft picks that are going on through 2019 and beyond, the site looks phenomenal and uh you should be heading there very very quickly. Uh also, Thank you very uh, much. John is here because he is uh, the native of the Pittsburgh land he knows everything that's going on with the Steelers and honestly what is going on with the Steelers right now because you know the we we see uh Mason Rudolph get drafted we see I, it's my guess is you're still kind of very uh, worry about this this uh, incoming draft class here. At least I think that was what I remember from your initial take. You know, with the uh, with yeah. Jalen Samuels and uh, James Washington, and certainly uh, you know Terrell being the the first pick off the board was not not your happiest. So, what do you make of uh, the Steelers' class, and what can we uh, what can we go off of uh, in this first preseason game?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you are going to get to see a lot of those guys, young guys. You know, Pittsburgh rarely plays the starters much. much. They pretty much have a very proven roster and not a lot of holes, not a lot of positional battles for starting spots. So, you know, if if the preseason is boring for you as a Steelers fan, it's more boring every single year than anybody. I mean, I think they're like 0 and 12 they're like, They've like hardly ever won a preseason game over the last like three years. They don't play anybody. So, um, you know, there's that part of it that you're not going to see a lot of the guys that, you know, you'll see in the regular season. So, you know, don't really care about wins and losses, obviously, even more so. Really even care about like overall team success as much as you do individuals, you know, looking good, and really the only guys you really care about in that vein are some second-year guys, but mostly the rookies. I mean, that's, you want to see Mason Rudolph look better than Josh Dobbs. Yes, you want, even though he's a rookie, you want your third-round pick to look better than the guy you took a flyer on on day three the year before, so I mean, and Dobbs, you know, has really struggled last year, and so far in camp, everything I've heard says Dobbs has been the better guy, but uh, we'll see how it all plays out on the field. I think both those guys, I think will play most of the preseason. I think you'll see Ben for maybe a couple series in the third preseason game, and that's probably it. Um, You'll probably see very little Landry. I bet he starts the game on Thursday. But I don't know that it would be much more than that. I think you'll see a ton of Dobbs, a ton of Rudolph um, throughout the entire preseason. But Those two battle it out, and, you know, if Dobbs and Rudolph both look great, you probably cut Landry. And if Dobbs doesn't look better, you probably cut Dobbs. And and obviously Rudolph's getting kept no matter what. But, you know, you'd like to see if he could move his way up to QB2. That would be great. I think that only happens um you know if he has a great showing in the preseason and so far in camp from all reports he's really struggled which is not a surprise to me anyway.
0: Yeah, shouldn't be a surprise based on talent coming in and then also just getting mm-hmm. trying to get the experience and things like that. Really pumped for Rudolph and Dobbs versus studfeld and uh and joe callahan is i think we're gonna roll in and and uh and do that yeah it's gonna be it might be it might be a pretty brutal third and fourth quarter there but the things that i'm i'm kind of interested in is maybe some uh, maybe we'll get to see some interesting matchups here you know sydney jones has obviously been in the slot for the the entire camp or most of camp second team is taking those outside roles there but Maybe maybe down the line uh, second or third quarter, maybe some James Washington versus Sydney Jones might be pretty uh, you know entertaining or yeah. uh, I, I, I know it's of, of lesser elk. I don't know how much that uh, DHB is going to be playing or Justin Hunter is going to be playing, but uh, I, you know I think those are if, if you're looking on anything as a, as a good test for a guy like Sidney Jones, who in the wide receiving core would uh, would be a good battle.
4: Yeah, well if you want to see how he can run, I mean, I think either of those guys DHB, I mean he doesn't have much but he still has speed, no doubt about that. Uh he'll probably drop the pass if he gets open, but <laughs> I think you wanna see from Sydney's from from Sydney's perspective, you wanna see, you know, can he run with a guy like that? I think that's obviously big. Can he run with James Washington? I mean James Washington's another guy didn't run super fast at the combine, but Clearly, if you watch him on State, this guy, he knows how to get vertical. He knows how to win vertically. That's something the Steelers drafted him to be able to do. Uh, I heard good things about what he's done in camp so far. Um, he was probably the pick. You know, I didn't love James Washington coming out, but in Pittsburgh, it kind of fit the – you know, you don't have to be a wide receiver one. That's what he's being built at. He's a wide receiver three in Pittsburgh. So, when you put it in that perspective, you really like the Washington pick a lot more. It's kind of like just do one or two things really well, and you don't have to be the complete package. Just do those things really well and our offense will be dynamic. So it becomes a lot easier to get on board with a pick like that in the second round. So I think out of all the rookies, he'll be the one that produces right away. Uh, Ed- Edmonds is kind of a wild card. You obviously would want to see more from him, but in terms of what you want to see from that of those Eagles guys, um, you know, I think really you want to see Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas and Devontae Maddox and some of those guys you want to see them matched up against a pretty deep receiving quarter. You know, Eli Rogers isn't back yet, and uh, he probably won't play, but you know when he's healthy. If he were to be out there, whatever reason, uh, Justin Hunter and and Darius Hayward Bay certainly guys that other teams have had before and have been you know NFL roster town. They're not like no name guys that you've never heard of. So I think it's encouraging from that perspective that you'll probably even with some guys out of the lineup be able to get those Eagles DBs a pretty good look, even with your second and third team guys in there.
0: Uh, certainly, and just out of curiosity, you think Juju only plays
4: a series? I think he does. Yeah, he's been he's been banged up a little bit in camp. He's back now. Um, I think he plays probably in this first preseason game. Maybe the first series if he plays wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play. Uh, just because there's so much uncertainty. You know, I talk about it being a deep receiving core one breath, and it is for a preseason game in some ways. But if you wanted a guy to you know come out and start across the board, you know, there's probably not a whole you know. I Justin Hunter again. The talent's always been there. I don't know where they can ever become more consistent. Yeah, if they had a really good camp last year, then you know didn't really do didn't do anything much in the regular season. I think he played in like one game or something. Um, and you know, Darius they were big same thing. Good veteran guys to go up against in the preseason. You know, but not at the same time. Not like guys that you'd want to rely on to start and play every down in the season. So you, you know, with Antonio Brown banged up. You already got to be careful, you know, with the juju and just making sure he's 100 percent healthy. Uh, and so I think they'll they'll do that. So I would guess he plays minimally this week. Uh, before I
0: let you go, John, I, obviously everybody's asking the same question because it's the biggest story, uh, not only in Pittsburgh but everywhere. What do you make of the uh, Le'Veon Bell situation? And I mean, after Todd Gurley gets paid, it's hard to argue, you know, that he he turned that down for a pretty good reason. I say he's a unique talent. I say that the Steelers do need to invest kind of pretty much what he wants.
4: What say you? Yeah, it is a tricky situation because on the surface I agree with you. Like he is a very unique talent. Um, you know, and, and he is more than just a running you know, if people talk about running backs with him, to me that's where you lose me. Like Bell is more than that and he does deserve to be paid as more than that. Just like Gurley deserved to be paid more than that. The difference is Gurley, you know, he got hurt in college. Um, and then has been clearly proven very healthy and durable since then. I think you know, knock on wood. Obviously, love that guy. Uh, I think that hasn't necessarily been the case with Bell. He suffered a couple pretty significant injuries, um, so there is a little bit of that concern. Bell is not kind of the same uh, background off the field either as Gurley. Um, and you know, there was even that report like he was late for practice. Uh, I think it was or was a walkthrough, I think, or something before the playoff game and there's a little bit more unreliableness, uh, if that's a word, uh, to Le'Veon Bell that scares you a little bit when you're handing out tons of guaranteed money. The Steelers don't typically put put out a lot of guaranteed money anyway. For example, Antonio Brown, highest-paid receiver in the league, you hear that get thrown around a lot. Well, that's true, but he actually – his guaranteed money is like 26% compared to like Mike Evans, an ex-receiver down, who's at like 46%. So if they were like to get cut right now – Mike Evans would make more than Antonio Brown would by a long shot. That's you know Brown has kind of always been the guy that bets on himself. The Steelers are very, very very – I mean, when was the last time you heard about the Steelers not honoring a contract for a player unless that player just like totally quit on the team and you know, fell off the face of the earth? And you know they're not going to cut you. San Antonio Holmes? Really is, that the, is that the last one? San Antonio Holmes? that, that might have been. <laughs> That might have been the last one, yeah, and that was clearly, you know, again, I'm trying to recall all the details of that situation because I was younger. It was that that weed, man. It was that weed. Yeah, (laughs) and I think that's the thing. I think exactly he was like, he no longer became reliable. He did it to himself, but rarely is it an issue of, oh, we are going to save money here, so we're going to cut this guy and we can get out of it because we didn't give him guaranteed money. You know, that's the Steelers that don't don't screw over players that way. So typically – their way of doing things is really okay uh, for people. You know, players are, are okay with it because they trust the track record of the organization uh, and they're okay with it in that way. I mean, even look around Chazier's situation, you know, continuing to pay him and, and have him be a part of what they're doing there, um, even though he can't play. So it, it's a strong organization from that standpoint, so it doesn't bother a lot of players. Bell is a different bird he his personality wise and, you know, in, in knowing that if he hits the market, he's going to get what he's looking for. He's going to get a lot of money. Here's the catch with Bell. He, the chances of him getting hurt and getting 400 more touches this season are very, very high. I mean, the chances of him getting 400 more touches very, very high. The chances of him getting hurt go up with that based on his career so far. I mean, that has been an issue for him. is staying healthy, and he takes some shots. Um, there's no doubt about it. So that is the one concern with him. If you're taking that kind of chance, you're really gambling on yourself, you are still going to probably get paid a lot of money. Your average per year may go down a little bit uh your guaranteed money is gonna be greater only if you stay healthy this season. Four to more touches on the body, you know, the Steelers are gonna use him. He barely comes off the field. He's already said this is going to be the best season of his career. So he doesn't plan on holding out any games. So it's a risky situation. You get hurt again as a running back, you know, I don't care how old you are, how talented you are. You know, and he already last year was somewhat of a down year for him. It was still a good year, but for him, you know, he didn't look like the best running back in the NFL last year. And if that's what you want to be paid at, you can't continue along that kind of downward trajectory. You kind of got to have a nice bounce back year, and that's yeah, probably going to be you getting a ton of touches. So well, just like Rod Tidwell, baby. Yeah,
0: he's too strong. Yeah. He's too strong up here, John. He's too strong, <laughs> and he's going to bet on himself and be fine. Well, I appreciate all the insight uh, on the Steelers. Once again, the Draft Network or draftnetwork.com. Either one works, as we have found out. Plenty of prospects there. John's going to be with us. Uh, throughout the season, and the guys from the mm-hmm. draft work will be with us throughout the season to kind of really track. Uh, uh, you're doing some really great stuff over there. One, you, you're having—is you, it a rookie tracker for every single team that's going on? Is that yeah. what's happening?
4: Yeah. So in the season and the preseason, we're basically going to be splitting up the games and looking at the rookies playing in those games and kind of analyzing how the rookies do. And we'll have a little section of those articles, you know kind of meet it out for second-year players, too. But, yeah, we just want to have a real close eye on how rookies are playing around the league. We think fans want to know, you know, so guys that are mid-late-round picks don't get lost in the shuffle and you don't hear just the same three names on the major networks. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of been one of our goals of the site.
0: Fantastic, man. Well, we appreciate that, and uh, we will uh, see you in the rest of the draft net- network throughout the season, my friend. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Awesome. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. So if you need
0: more well, I guess more draft information or more Steelers information. John's a great follow. Uh I believe it's at John Ledyard NFL or something like that. I know I follow him as well and I can't
2: tell you his handle. <laughs> Sorry, but he's John. out
0: there. We're we're ill prepared. L D L E D Yard. L E D Yard, uh, he will be out there. And that's J O N. That's a fake John, and he acknowledges it and that's why I respect him. <laughs> so uh with that being said, uh Vince, any uh, any final thoughts before we roll out here? Who's gonna be your
2: a prediction for who everyone's going to be talking about after this. All right. Uh, well, uh, the one player that's going to stick out, thats it's going to be Sidney Jones. We're going to be talking about Sidney Jones yeah, a lot, exactly. and we're going to be talking about Goddard a lot. That's thats just how it's going to be. Main prediction, John, Eagles by 40. <laughs> you can run down to the <laughs> casino
0: at Delaware Park immediately and go bet on that. Sudfeld, baby. Yeah, well, which, is, which was going to be, because we didn't really talk about him. But everyone is going to be talking about Nate Sudfeld, good or bad, after after this yeah. game. This is this is kind of uh the in a way, in a way, it's going to be a retroactive Well, let's uh, would Nate Sudfeld have worked in the playoffs type of moment for a lot of people (laughs) or it is going to be, hey, this is why you have to keep around Nick Foles. I guarantee you it is going to be the overreaction of everything if Nate Sudfeld does horrible or great. And I'm banking that he does better than worse.
2: So does that mean then, because uh, actually, as much as you've said that now, you're 100% right. So it might be then that the biggest guy that we talk about after this game is Nick Foles. Yeah, it just it could uh, be. It's, it's just trade value nonstop of should they, shouldn't they, because oh, Sudfeld. A, yeah, I mean, uh, you just get ready
0: for it, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict the next four days of programming on 94 WIP, and if Nate Sudfeld has a really good game, it's going to be – Hey, should they really have held on to Nick Foles uh, and that'll be uh, ramped up? But I will say that's, you know, Nick had been dealing with this neck thing since OTAs. So uh, he's he's trying to get Mm. there. He's trying to get there. And uh, it's not major. It's not. It's just one of those, you know, like you sleep funny and that never goes away. It's kind of like that. Uh, is how it was described. That to sounds me. awful. Yeah, really. At one point, I think they're saying like, uh, "He's like, I'm trying to, man, I'm trying to, to throw." to see the sight line this way and my neck just won't allow me to do it. So he's fighting through a lot. That's a, that's annoying if you can't turn your head to see your target. I can understand why he's been up and down at, at
2: camp, you know? And he says it's not a big deal, which is like further evidence that I would never make it as a professional football player. <laughs> I would never make it. If if like, oh, I can't even turn my head to look at people. This is totally okay. Like, think, of, think about that. This is fine. I'm yeah. fine. Oh, no, yeah. I'll just turn my whole shoulders around yeah there we go that's comfortable like all right this, yeah the, the what is a hard injury if you can't turn your neck like what's a bad injury oh, I just man. I can't even imagine yeah that's why they you know I you would
0: just get I would just beg I I can't there's no point in me practicing I can't turn my head I can't turn my head just give me give me time Nick's doing the right thing I'm sure he'll be fine and uh we'll be fine too because we will be live I think right after uh the uh, preseason game on 94 uh, wip's Facebook page oh, react into that uh that doesn't go away and we will hopefully have some hot scorching takes for you uh when we do so for Vince Quinn I am John Barchard at it's Vince Quinn at John barchard at go Birds pod number two electric boogaloo right here on radio.com and also 94 WIP
3: podcast a radio.com
4: podcast